What's the latest in data breaches in the UK? Hi, I'm Matthew Schwartz with Information Security Media Group, and to help me discuss that question, I'm joined by Ian Thornton Trump, the head of cybersecurity with AmTrust International. Ian, thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much, Matthew. It's my pleasure. We saw a really interesting data breach case here in the UK involving Morrisons. Mm -hmm. This has been years in coming, but it has put us in a kind of interesting position. You've been talking about some of the legal ramifications. Well, give me a brief background, if you will, on the case, but also sure. how do you see it going forward? What impact could this have on the data breach landscape in Britain? Yeah, so Morrison's, as you know, large grocer, large retail operation, um, they basically had a bad employee. That employee stole data and sold it, obviously having some impact on the employees of Morrison. Morrison's was sued by a class action of employees that has suffered from that particular data breach of their personal information. They went to court rather than choosing to settle and the court found that Morrison's was um, responsible. Now, they, Morrison's appealed that to the UK appeals court. They were found responsible again. So chances are they're gonna appeal it to the UK Supreme Court. The issue really at hand on this one is what is the responsibility of the employer to you know, monitor staff for potentially criminal activities? We're into uncharted waters because we've seen another case happen where from a privacy investigation, it ended up being a criminal matter under the Computer Misuse Act. So we have regulatory agencies out there that have a lot of power. We have a court system that obviously has a lot of power, historically has a lot of power, but we're into uncharted waters with what are the costs and realities of a data breach, even if it is attributed to an employee. Now, in the US, we've seen most data breaches end up getting settled if they get anywhere near a bad judgment coming down against the company that got breached. Are you surprised that Morrison's didn't choose this legal path? So I can't comment on what they were hoping to achieve by this. There's a couple of factors at work. In the United States, the litigative um, landscape is, I'm gonna say, filled with seasoned information technology, security, and privacy professionals. They have been suing each other since about the time of 1776. Now, here in the UK, the idea of punitive damages um, and compensation above and beyond and what we call dissuasive action, i.e. we're going to make this so painful on you, you'll never do it again, that is something relatively new in the UK legal um, community. So the result of this is, is there's not a lot of precedence, there's not a lot of experience, and quite frankly, I think Morrison's made a wrong call in trying to continue this through the courts. Um, had they settled after the matter um, in the first court, in the lower court, um, it's quite possible, you know, they would have saved a tremendous amount of money because now they're looking at, you know, two courts that have said Morrison's responsible. It's going to be very tough, not impossible, but tough to argue in the Supreme Court that they're actually not responsible. What we're going to see is some sort of line drawn 
this could result in bad legislation, a bad legal precedent, and you know will plunge uh, companies into re-examining their risk control mechanisms. Unless we get a better view of this, you're saying. So That's in, right. you know, if people react more positively to this, if we don't get a, ba a bad precedent set, yeah. is okay. It, it baffles me a little bit that in one case of the auto dealership, when an employee was caught selling customer information, the ICO chose to not apply GDPR, but take this matter to computer misuse. But when it was in the Morrison's case, where it was an employee who stole employee data, it has decided to go through the courts and in, in what we call tort, and hasn't become a criminal matter. Well, except for the gentleman who stole the data, he's now residing in jail. Right, yeah. But yeah. in terms of Morrison's itself, they there's been no criminal yeah. action brought there. Yeah. Well, now with GDPR, since May 25th, 2018, full enforcement is in effect. Yes. Everyone's waiting to see what the big, bad, maximum GDPR enforcement might be. Obviously, yeah. it might be years from now. We Could have be. no idea. It will be heavily litigated. We can guarantee that. GDPR brings in the possibility of indirect damages. Yeah. And we've seen a law firm attempt to capitalize on this at least a couple of times now, British Airways being one example, mm -hmm. when a breach came to light and it is attempting to do a class action or the UK equivalent right. on behalf of affected victims. Right. How do you see this changing going forward? Is this unexpected? Is this welcome? Well, we know in GDPR that it's enabled class action suits um, uh, on behalf of aggrieved parties, right? Um, the degree of which those parties are aggrieved, you know, is really up to the regulator to fine and sanction and conduct their investigation. So. One way to look at it is if the regulator says, you know what, these folks were not negligent, they exercised due diligence, we will fine the organization, you know, 50,000 quid and, you know, make them feel bad about themselves as a penalty, then, you know, clearly the um, class action would be somewhat capped at that particular regulatory action. Now, if the regulatory action turned out to be millions um, of fines and penalties, then clearly a class action would ha now have an upward ceiling to, to get to. What I think we're going to see is that there is a stop, a hard stop, if you will, um, at the amount that could be paid out under a class action if the regulatory finding doesn't support you know, the egregious situation that the lawyers will argue on the class side. So the, the reality is, is that the, um, in order to find an organization of business, there has to be an investigation, there has to be a public document disclosed that says this is what the organization did wrong. In all of the ICO's precedents, when they find under the DPA, they have publicly identified the, the, the organization and their shortcomings. So what we will see is under GDPR the same thing. They will publicly identify the organization, they will say what the shortcomings were, they will make a finding of negligence or not negligence as the case may be. That may embolden or completely dismiss the class actions. It's going to be linked. Understood. And a lot of these ICO investigation reports, they don't seem to be published for maybe a year or That's so right. afterwards. So there's a bit of a lag there. There's a tremendous lag. And, you know, then there'll be uh, he said, she said, and then, you know, will the check ever clear the bank? You know, in the case of the uh, first ICO action under the GDPR was targeting a Canadian analytics firm that had some sort of terrible thing they did with data uh, with regards to the um, the uh, Brexit um, situation. So will that Canadian company be held to account? 
is somewhat questionable. Um, this is extrajudicial territory that, again, we haven't really clearly defined, and you know whether or not it would be recognized in Canada will is questionable. Now, with this ever-changing landscape and the threat posed by indirect damages, for example, the Morrison's case really not being fully resolved yet, how should organizations factor these things into their data breach planning or the costs that they think they might be incurring? Yeah, so, you know, it's always been a little bit of a uh, spin and see where the wheel lands on. I think the, um, I read that the Ticketmaster data breach has cost them 76 million in cleanup costs. Uh, Maersk took the WannaCry attack and decided to rebuild their entire network. Convenient possible excuse there. Maybe their network was in such a state that that was the only reasonable mitigation, but they spent 250 million cleaning up WannaCry. So the real question now becomes, if the costs of the cleanup and the regulatory action now spawn this new class action, we have essentially might be looking at a situation where it's triple what we think the cost is going to be. You know, the cost of cleanup, the cost of the different organizations' investigations. In some cases, it could be five or six different investigations and regulatory findings. Now, this is not without precedent because in the United States, for instance, there were federal penalties um, associated with the target data breach, and there were also state penalties uh, associated with the target breach. There is still a class action, and there are multiple class actions in the United States, including a shareholder action against the, the company. So what we know from data breach is its painful experience on an organization. What we don't know is, is that pain terminal or is that pain survivable? Because we haven't had one go all the way through yet. I think the ICO has been clear about not wanting to be punitive, but obviously if there's anything that rises to the level of criminal, I guess all bets are off. That's right, and they kind of have an unprecedented access to your business. If there's a, an ICO investigation that transpires, they, by the statutes and GDPR, have access to your organization's data to conduct their investigation. If they find you know, evidence of financial impropriety, criminal activity, there's no reason that says that they can't pull out a different statute and charge you under it or get another regulatory agency involved like the FCA. So, you know, we now have, I think, a very robust and capable group that, you know, has broad range of powers and appears to be able to bring charges under the Computer Misuse Act. How do you see things going forward then? I think that we're in the early stages still, mm -hmm. and is what I like to say is it's not the first year GDPR goes into effect, it's the second year that it's been into in, in effect. And we can see this playing out with, oh, we had a data breach, but it was before GDPR um, was really in effect, so we're okay, right? Um, what will be very difficult is a year from when GDPR goes into effect is proving due diligence if you haven't you know, been aware of the requirements to protect personal data, um, that becomes our biggest challenge. We have to show continuous improvement and commitment to meeting GDPR compliance. So being compliant is not good enough. Maintaining compliance is really the key. Well, Ian, thanks very much for your time and insights today. My pleasure, Matthew. All the best. I've been speaking with Ian Thornton Trump about the Morrison's case, GDPR, and the evolving data breach landscape. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. Thank you very much for joining us.